It's a humbling thing, isn't it, when we take time to look back at what God has done and we give thanks in our hearts. It's very important that we don't just always look to the future, but that we do what the people in the story of Scripture did, where they would pause and they would stop and they would remember what God has done and they'd give thanks. And it's in remembering uh, that we actually are encouraged and we see God's faithfulness and His goodness. And we remember the good times and we also remember the the fires and the floods that we walk through metaphorically by faith and God's faithfulness bringing us through those. And so today is an opportunity for us to give thanks, to remember, to consider where we are now and then to look forwards and saying, God, what is it that you're inviting us into for this next season? And uh, so I wanna say a word of prayer and then I'm gonna ask that, um, as I say this word of prayer, that you would just position your heart and your mind this morning because it's very easy for any of us to get in a position where we, we come into a space like this and we sit here and we go, right, what are you gonna give us? Is it gonna be good, boring, inspiring, a bit dull, what's it gonna be? And we can kind of be here like a consumer or we can be here as someone who's seeking to follow Jesus and say, God, through the humanness and all its faults, I wanna see beyond that to what it is that you're doing by your Holy Spirit in our community for this next season. And I wanna be open. I wanna wanna seek you, God, about what it is you're inviting me uh, to do and what my participation looks like. And ultimately, we wanna hear the voice of the Spirit speak to us corporately and individually this morning. So let's pray. Lord, as we gather in this place to worship, to remember who you are, what you've done to celebrate and remember the journey that Good Life has been on as a local church community and mission, to pause and acknowledge your presence with us today and to say, Holy Spirit of God, refresh our hearts and our minds, open our eyes to see what it is you're inviting us by faith to step into in the future, that we would be faithful to you and your call and that we would be the people that represent you well as your ambassadors where we live and beyond. And we ask that you have your way this morning in Jesus' name, amen. In Matthew chapter five, verses 14 to 16, Jesus is speaking to his disciples in the great sermon on the mount and he says these words, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and they give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. In the same way. Let your light shine before others, 
that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There's some good origins to this church. As you saw on the video, the church began with a vision in the hearts of Doug and Marty Drinnen. And a visionary couple, no doubt about it. And when Doug felt God saying, it's time to plant a new church, you may have heard the story about how they gathered in their lounge room for the very first week and no one showed up other than him and his kids. And he tried to do a church service with his kids. That's a, it's a bold ambition. And uh, I wouldn't try it. <laughs> and, and I just based that based on my parents trying to do devotionals at the dinner table with us growing up. And, and I mean, we weren't terrible kids, but it was disastrous. And so uh, anyway, Doug gave it a go. It didn't quite work the way he hoped. And he kind of gave up and decided to put on the te television and put on the wide world of sports. And his kids were like very excited. And they started watching that. And, and, and during that, he, he felt prompted that Sunshine Coast just doesn't need just another building as a house of worship. And, and, and needs a place that can serve the community's needs. And what got birthed in him, and then in that first community that began to gather together, was a desire to create a church community that would be like a hub in the community, that would demonstrate the love of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the wider community through the needs. And at the time, there was nothing like this center. And so, because of the generosity of people that um, sacrificially gave, they were able to buy this land that we're on today and establish pretty big vision to create a center that would really be a hub to this wider community that would demonstrate God's love to anyone that comes here. And there's no doubt about it that over the last 30 years plus, Good Life has been an incredible community of faith, hope and love that has served literally thousands and thousands of people. And today, it's important that we pause for a moment to give thanks to God for how he uses anyone who's willing and open, a business guy who gets a stirring in his heart to do something to express his love for God and the gospel in the community. And so today we give thanks for Pastors Doug and Marty Drinnen and their vision and those early families that gathered together by faith, believing that God would do something new and good through that community. And uh, I have great respect for anyone who starts off a new mission and vision like that. I've been part of two different church plants in the past. And when you start out and no one turns up, or in one of my cases, 90 people turned up the first way, the first day, and then the next week it was back to 15 of us. And everyone came along to go, hey, good on you guys, good luck. And then, and then they left. And it was just, you know, it was like, okay, God, what are we going to do to represent you, to serve you? And so it's worth us honoring and giving thanks. If you have a look at the next slide, over the years, there's been a number of amazing leaders. Um, you will see in this picture, some of you may even remember the day that this was. Um, from left to right, you see Doug and Marty. And then we have uh, Pastors Benny and Sharon Tan, who are the pastors at History Maker Church. And they were here for a season. And then there was a, another couple who stepped in in interim mode. Um, their surname was Hardy. I forget first name. Bill? Phil. Phil, Phil Hardy, uh, who was here for that interim period. And then we had um, um, 
Tim and Donna Lovell came along and served here the last you know, many years and uh, so grateful for every one of these pastors' leadership. And then after Tim and Donna, we had the guy with the microphone there in the blue shirt there, Stephen Jeffs, sitting down the front here. Must have been winter then because um, everyone's a little bit cozy in what they're wearing. Not very Sunshine Coast there, but um, Stephen stepped in whilst also running a business and carried the leadership of this community. And through every different season of the life of the church, it's important that we pause and we remember those who have sacrificed, who have led faithfully, um, and have sought to do so in the spirit of the vision and the heart of who this community is, but also um, to say, what does it mean for us in this next season to be faithful to God and His mission and vision that He's got in our hearts? And then by God's grace, um, Therese and I felt the call to respond uh, to an opportunity to step in uh, for this next season after so many wonderful leaders have served this community and be part of this next leg of the journey and it's an incredible privilege and honor but i acknowledge the leaders who have gone before us but i also think it's important to pause for a moment and to give thanks for all of the people that weren't up front in their leadership but that carry the load and the responsibility of our community behind the scenes all the volunteers all the people in those early days who sacrificed uh, financially who sacrificed of their time of you know their, their prayers and doing whatever it takes to play their role to help this community form and become what it has become to this day and it's important that we give thanks to God for all those people and I want to thank so many of you who have been part of this journey for so many years um, what a testimony to God's goodness today I want to ask the question for a few moments who are we today who are we today well, obviously, we, we have a name for our community called Good Life. Uh, but that's not really who we are. We're not just a name of a, of a church that identifies us. Fundamentally, we are followers of the way. This is a really interesting phrase, followers of the way, because this is the phrase that the early disciples were first known for because they weren't called Christians until sometime later in, uh, in Greece when people first called them in, in the city of Antioch, they're Christians, meaning followers of Christ. But initially, the disciples and the followers of Jesus referred to themselves as the followers of the way, the way of Christ, the way that Jesus was inviting us to reorientate our entire lives to. The Apostle Paul says in Acts 24 verse 14, however, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of of the way which they call a sect people didn't understand them in the Jewish religion at the time I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets that was his way of saying we have a long history as God's people but we identify ourselves as the followers of the way the way of love the law of Christ the way of Jesus and so today is an opportunity for us to pause and to say, who are we and what are we meant to be doing once we know who we are? We are Jesus followers, we're his ambassadors. We are not everything that God has called us to be, we are on our way. We are becoming who God is inviting us to become, having our hearts and minds transformed. And who we are and what we're called to do is deeply connected Many of you will know the very famous and profound words of Jesus at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, 
28 verses 19 to 20 where Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. And so on the light of that, he says, therefore go, quite literally in the Greek, in your going. In other words, wherever you go, he says, make disciples. The word disciples, not a common word we use today, means pupil or better understood as apprentice. Attached to this idea of there would be a rabbi who would gather apprentices or disciples and they would learn the rabbi's way. And now Jesus gathers his disciples and he teaches them his way. And then he says to them, go now into all the world and wherever you go, teach them my way. Make disciples. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And know this, as you go and do it, Surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Today on Vision Sunday, there's a, there's a tendency and there's a pressure sometimes on church pastors and leaders when it comes to that time of the year where we talk about future and vision to sort of feel like, man, we've got to come up with something that's like, wow. And if it's a bit like, oh, is that it? You know, like, you don't want anyone to have that experience. I don't want you to walk away today and go, oh, okay, interesting. But the reality is today, even though I'm going to talk about some priorities and some things we're working towards and that's going to be coming up in our future, which I think is personally exciting, today, more than all of that, is a reminder of our core mission, of our core vision, which I've just read to you, that we would know who we are and that we would live out the mission of Jesus in the world around about us wherever we go. And the way I want to talk about that today is in this phrase. Our mission could be expressed as equipping people for the bigger story. And I want to unpack this just for a moment. When I use the word equip, I'm using that as a different word to describe this idea of making disciples. In other words, Jesus' way of making disciples was to empower his disciples, was to equip them with everything they needed to do his work, the work of God in the world, in the way of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is the radical, sacrificial way of love. And our mission as a local church is to equip people, but not from a place of, I am here to equip you because I have got it all worked out. It's actually something that we're always on the journey of. This year, I'm creeping closer to a significant milestone number in age. I know many of you are thinking probably 35 or 40, but soon before I know it, because this is how life increasingly feels, I'm gonna be at the big 5-0. I can go to 50 plus gatherings. Thank you, Stephen before me, just saying. Um, but I realize that this year I need to keep being equipped. There's so many areas of my character and my life and my mindsets that need to be shaped and formed in the way of Jesus. So when we say as a, as a corporate community, we're trying to equip people, I'm one of the people that also needs to be equipped by 
the Holy Spirit and by the input of so many others, I get equipped. When people here share what you're learning and how you're growing with me, it helps grow me. So we do this communally together, as well as it's a mission to continue to do what Jesus has invited us to do. And when I use the expression for the bigger story, it's very intentional because we are part of a grand story of restoration and redemption that God has been part of since the creation of the world. As a matter of fact, Jesus' death and resurrection was the beginning and launch of what we call the new creation, the making of all things new. And we're gonna be talking about this from next week onwards leading up to Easter in our new series called The Kingdom and the Cross. And I'm very excited to, to be jumping into that. But we're gonna be talking about how there's this grand design, there's this grand story that God is writing for humanity and that we get to be part of this story. When I was doing business, um, it was very common for people to say, oh, what's your purpose statement? What's your mission statement, your personal one? And I didn't have one at that moment, so I went and wrote one, and this is what it was. That. Equip people for the bigger story, because I thought, how am I gonna say this to business people who don't share my faith? So I went, so I told this guy once, he was in the finance industry, and he said, what's your mission statement? Because I wanna come up with one for my life. And I said, well, mine is equipping people for the bigger story. And he goes, oh, I like that. And he goes, what's the biggest story? I said, good question. And so we started having this whole conversation about his life isn't just about him, because he just spent the last half hour with me telling me how he wants to have a nice home and a nice car and you know, enough money to have, you know, be able to do some cool things in retirement. And he, he cast this whole vision for me and I went, you know that vision, sounds amazing. Sounds quite delightful actually. But I said, but is that it? Is that the world you want your kids to grow up in? I said, what kind of world do you want your kids to grow up in? He goes, oh man. And he starts telling me and I said, what would it mean for you to play your part in using your gifts and your finance and your resources and all that to be part of helping make this world what you inherently know in your heart should be? And he's like, oh. He's like, I never thought about it like this before. So we had this whole conversation. Now that was, that was code for me saying, do you know what the kingdom of heaven is? Do you know what the vision of God's kingdom of heaven is? Now it was a starting point conversation. You could say, oh, you compromised. You didn't tell him all about Jesus and the cross and the resurrection and the vision of the kingdom of heaven. We actually got there in part at some point, but here's the thing. He could, he could catch hold of it. And I want everyone to know that wherever you start on that journey, you're invited right now, wherever you're at on the journey, whether you believe in Jesus or you don't believe in Jesus, you still get invited to be part of the bigger story. Your life matters and you get to contribute. And our passion is how can we equip people for the bigger story? And that's what we wanna to continue to expand on here. Some of our core tenants at Good Life, I wanna move through these fairly quickly, but they kind of shape the things that we really care about that we wanna see expressed through the life of our community. And they are community. We really care about community. Beyond just our faith community. People that come along here and say, this place saved my life. And they don't come to our church because they found community. We care about mercy and justice because God cares about mercy and justice. The prophets couldn't speak enough about it because God cares about the world being set right. And so we should too. We value 
One of our core tenets is gathering, gatherings, gathering together in all different spaces and environments. Because when we do life together in community, we make a priority to meet together. We get to learn and grow from each other. And that's so critically important. We do not grow in isolation. We grow in community with people who are not like us and who rub us up the wrong way and annoy us and have different beliefs to us and say things wrong compared to our view of how things should be and misquote verses that we would never do. But it's in these gatherings and we come together where we're humbled and we're united by the Spirit of God and we say, God, together as broken people who don't have it all together, we, we need each other. And this is how God works and transforms and grows us. Our fourth core tenet is family. Family is such a priority. God wishes that everyone has a family. In a world of broken families, a faith family is so critical to express togetherness and safety and care and journeying together. We value people development. We come as we are, we go on a growing journey together. We are not everything we need to be, even though we're completely accepted and loved by God. But there are areas in my life, as I said, where I need to grow. I need to improve in my leadership. I need to improve in my communication. I need to improve in the way I love my wife and I parent my children. I wanna be a better friend. So we want to equip and help people to continue to grow, to be the people that Jesus has invited us to be. And transformation is such a critical component that kind of ties all of these core tenets together in that we are invited to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So how do we actually live out this vision to equip people for the bigger story? And how do we express these values? Well, over the last, um, at the end of, actually three quarters of the way through last year, uh, I shared with you a metaphor to express the different environments that we need to create, many we already have, to help people be able to grow and experience the life of God in these different environments. And we expressed this through this thing we call the kind of home environments. And I'm gonna put up the first slide uh, for you this morning. Some of you may remember this from last year, but if you haven't seen it, I'll talk you through it just very quickly this morning. Our home sits in a neighborhood. Now I use that broadly as a metaphor, but good life and your actual home is in a community. And we are not called to be those people who live in our house and no one knows who lives in that house. We drive in through the garage door, the door goes down, we go inside, we live our life, the door goes up, we drive out and people go, who are those people that drive around in that Hummer? It's impenetrable, you can't get in, it's, it's like dark tints all over it. No one knows who they are or how they afforded that. And this is how some Christians live and some people are. But we are called to be amongst the neighborhood and do what Eugene Peterson translated in the Gospel of John chapter one as the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus is in the neighborhood and we're called as his disciples to follow in the way and go into the neighborhood and bless our neighbors and serve our neighbors. We just moved house this week. It was not a great week to move house. It was very busy. There was a lot on. And yesterday, when I was whippersnipping, I was going out. Did you ever do that thing where you get to the line of your property and you think, ooh, should I just do it right to that edge? And they go, that's your property, mate. You do that bit. 
Or do I just go a little bit further? But then I don't want to go so far that the guy runs out and goes, hey, get off my property. I do my grass a certain way. You know that awkward, t it's like, how far do you go? Anyway, I just went onto the road because it wasn't their property and probably started whippersnipping off bits of the weeds that had been coming through in the, in the gutters and all that sort of stuff. And as I did it, and I was thinking about just the funny dynamics of that, I just started praying for our neighbours. And I said, God, we've just moved into this street. And we always think, what are our neighbours going to be like? Are our neighbours going to be good for us? I like to flip it around the other way and go, if we leave this street, will our neighbours go, oh, phew. Or will they say, man, we're sad that you guys are moving on. We want to bless, we want to serve our neighbours. But then we invite people into our home. And we have many different foyers at Good Life. Many different expressions with big open doors to welcome people. We have, you know, thousands of people who come through Good Life on any given week and over the course of the month. And so we want to create a, a foyer of hospitality, hospitality and welcome. And there are environments where you turn up the first time and we want you to feel fully welcome, which is why we say nobody stands alone. And let's be welcoming hospitable people where we're always looking out for anyone who could come into our home, so to speak, so that they feel welcome. And then from there, we want to create an opportunity, which we metaphorically say is the lounge room, where it's an opportunity for people to, to make friends and experience community. So we invite people to our men's gatherings or our women's gatherings or um, you know, any of the different programs that are like an, a, a medium-sized environment, you might say, where people can get to know other people and meet people. It could be our new to Good Life um, morning teas or it could be um, you know, any of the different things that we put on where it's an opportunity for people to meet people. But then we want to invite people to, as they make friends, to actually end up, when they're ready, taking a step where they say, I feel like I've found community here and I'm ready to be part of the team. Because when you're in a home, as I'm teaching my kids, everyone shares the responsibility. We all have a role to play. We don't just sit in the house and let everybody else serve us, which kind of sounds good sometimes. But the idea is at some point we get up and we say, cool, I'll help wash up. Cool, I'll help do the lawns. Yeah, I'll help clean up and I'll help make sure the place is tidy for when our guests come along. And so we play our part. But part of that kitchen environment is also where we sit down at the table and we do real life and we have the tough conversations and we wrestle and we doubt and we pray and we, we cry together. And, you know, we, we have real deep relationship. So we're inviting people to experience that kind of life. And from there, from there, we actually then move out into the neighborhood. And so we end up with this, just these four different environments that keep on going. And so it's worth us asking, where am I at in these environments and what's my role? And when you become part of the core team of Good Life, you, you're not a consumer anymore, you're part of the team. So when you turn up here on Sunday, you don't even think, well, I hope it's good today. You think, how can I help make it good today? You think, how can I welcome? How can, whoops, there's rubbish on the ground. Or you think, hey, what needs to happen to make sure that our faith community is a dynamic place of welcome? The kind of place where Jesus would be, where anyone rocks up no matter who they are, and they are welcomed with warm smiles and an embrace that says, you are welcome in this place. Who wants to be part of that kind of church? I feel like we already are, but we want more of that. So the future frontier. Well, it's a new day before us. 
And there are two key priorities that in 2023, we really wanna focus as we step up. And what I'm gonna do for a few moments is I'm gonna share with you a couple of key priorities that we're gonna really focus on in 2023. And then I wanna take a, bit of a macro picture, and I wanna talk about some kind of big picture things that we're praying about, we're wrestling with, we're seeking God's guidance on. It's not a promise, some of it is a plan, and some of it is completely provisional, but I just wanna share it, because often people say, what are you seeing for the future? And I, I kinda of go, oh, I don't wanna say it, because we're not exactly locked into it yet, but I also don't wanna not share things that we're feeling, because um, you know, I think lots of people are curious about that. So that's what we're gonna do for the next few minutes. So this year, two key priorities for us is going to be to create an equipped pathway and help people get into life groups, and I'll get to that in just a moment. So let's talk about our equipped pathway. I use the word equipping people for the bigger story. We wanna create an opportunity that's clear and simple to help people become followers of the way, shaped and formed in the radical way of Jesus. Because the greatest witness we have in this world is people who increasingly look like Jesus. Kids who grow up and say, my dad used to be a cranky old you-know-what. He's ended up becoming a kind, generous, compassionate man who looks more and more like Jesus every day. We need to be formed in the way of Jesus. And so we want to create opportunities for people from the, the very first stages where someone's exploring and curious about faith right to deep transformational formation in the way of Jesus. And so the way that we're doing this is we're creating a four-step process here, and I know it sounds a little bit kind of, you know, structury. If you don't like structure, sorry. If you do love structure, yay. But what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be creating a pathway for people. And the first part, step of the pathway is what we call explore. And as part of explore, this year, we'll be launching, and I'll explain this in a few more minutes, we'll be launching a program in May that's gonna help people explore faith who are curious, who have got questions and we're gonna be launching that. And then we're gonna create uh, more of a cohort group where people go on a journey together, being equipped to what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, where you discover your gifts, your talents, what your role, what your mission and purpose is, and where you might be able to get involved in church life. Because lots of people come along and we just assume that people know what to do, where to go, how to get involved. And so we wanna create an environment where first they can not only experience community in this group, but they can then also learn some key foundational things that sometimes some of us take for granted that people don't understand about what it means to be shaped and formed for playing our part in the bigger story. We're then gonna create um, a group and a cohort we call Restore at the moment, which is an opportunity for people to take some time to reflect and to allow God's healing presence to do a restoring work in their hearts. And this is not for the people that we deem to be broken people. Oh yeah, I know some people that should do that. Yeah, they really need to be restored. It's like every one of us needs to keep being restored if you haven't worked that out yet. Next time you have an argument or a blow up with someone and you take a step back and you go, why did that happen? Just remind yourself, you need to keep getting restored, okay? And so we're gonna create an opportunity for people to experience healing and forgiveness and, and, and to, to know the tender-hearted compassion and healing mercies of God in their life. And then we're gonna create an opportunity to develop leaders. For those who wanna go into different areas of ministry or lead in any different capacity, we're gonna create a pathway that helps people go on that. 
And some of these things we've had at different points along the journey of good life, but we just sense that we need a real um, a pathway with a team of people that are really gonna continue to equip and empower people to be able to live. And we think if, if people can go on this journey, we're gonna see many people you know, equipped to do God's work in ways where they look increasingly like Jesus because he's one of the big problems why this needs to exist. Sometimes we get excited and we say, hey, join the team, lead the team, do this. And anyone will just say, oh, uh, I might help. We go, yes, you. And we take them and we give them a role. And then when they fail because of their character or because of their lack of spiritual formation, we go, man, they really needed to be, they weren't very well formed in the way of Jesus. But we didn't, we didn't equip them. We didn't journey with them in the way that Jesus makes disciples. And so we wanna create that opportunity to help people so we set people up well with a strong foundation to be able to do the ministry that God has called them to do. And then you'll notice at the bottom there it says spiritual retreats. We wanna weave into the fabric of how we equip people opportunities for people to go away on a weekend or for a day or so and pause and take time in creation and in God's presence to do the healing, restoring work that's so important. So this year we'll end up launching what we call Equip Nights. At the moment, it most likely will be a Tuesday night, but we've got to still confirm a few details around that. And you'll be able to come along here and you'll be able to go to one of these Equip um, uh, courses or groups where you can explore, you can do the Equip, you can do Restore, you can go to the leadership training, you can end up going on spiritual retreats. And we're very excited about that. A couple of things as far as equipping people to live the bigger story is that this year we want to continue to learn the way. Learning the way in 2023, I just wanted to tell you, we've got some series coming up which is really intentional about shaping us to be a community of faith, hope, and love. As I said for Lent, we're going to be focusing on the Gospels and looking at this whole idea of the kingdom and the cross. After Easter, we're going to jump into a, a new series through the book of Proverbs, looking at wisdom for life and how do we even make sense of some of the interesting dynamics of the book of Proverbs. Then in May, we're going to move into looking for five weeks at the book of Colossians, a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae called Subverting the Empire. And then in July, we're going to do a deep dive into the prophets. And we're going to go to the, those books back in the Old Testament that we sometimes skip over and go, I don't really get what they're going on about. And we're gonna unpack those in a way because we want to be equipped and empowered and understand the grand story of what God's doing so that we can really represent God and his purpose as well in the world. A few other things as part of this um, equipping process in 2023 is we're going to be launching afresh the Alpha course in May, 2023. That's this year, in case you're wondering. Um, We've got a team that are uh, gathering, and if you would like to be part of that team, you, there'll be information coming out soon about how you can join that team. This will fall under the banner of Explore, where it's an opportunity for people to explore, um, who is Jesus? What is this story? What's it all about? What's it mean for my life? So we'll be kicking that off in May. In April, the month before, we're gonna be kicking off the Alpha Marriage course again. Just wanted to let you know about it because there's a bit of a theme emerging here. And so many people that did that last year were just raving about its benefits and how much of a blessing it was to their marriage. We're also gonna be launching this year Alpha Marriage Prep. So if you got married and you didn't prep for it, you can go back, do some prep. And, uh, or if you're thinking that you wanna get married at some point, even if you're single, you're allowed to go along and just say, hey, I wanna get prepared. I wanna get my head in the right space. I wanna get my heart, go along with a partner and, uh, and say, hey, let's, let's learn about this. 
if you're thinking of dating someone and you think, hey, it could be a good start, just say, hey, I know we haven't started dating yet, but do you want to do marriage prep? <laughs> I mean, think about it. You're gonna, get, you're gonna work out your future real quick. It's gonna be no, and that'll be over, or it'll be okay, and then things could kick along. One of the things that's gonna be um, really exciting for us this year is as we look to our global missions, we really feel like if we're gonna represent God well in the neighborhood, the neighborhood isn't just Budgerum, the neighborhood is the nations. And so this year we're gonna be doing two new things to really raise the bar on our mission focus externally. And the first is what we're calling Compassion Sunday. On the first weekend of May, we're gonna have a major event here, Compassion Sunday, where we're gonna invite everyone you know to come along. It'll be an inspiring day where we raise the priority of reaching out and serving and, and loving the most, those with the greatest needs in the world in our partnership with Compassion. If you were here last Sunday, really inspiring morning last week about what's already happened through this community and our partnership with Compassion. And then in August, we're gonna do Mission Sunday. We may have a different name for it because we already have a Mission Sunday every month, but I couldn't work out what that was yet. So um, we might call it like Super Mission Sunday. But um, on that day, we're going to do like, you know, like a Mission Expo and we're gonna be talking about what does it mean for us to um, increase our partnerships and, and have a greater impact in the globe as we represent Jesus and play our part with the resources that God has blessed us with to actually equip others in the mission that God has got for them. Now, the second thing that I wanna mention as a priority for this year is what we're gonna call our Life Group Challenge. Our Life Group Challenge is as simple as this. Everyone connected in a life group. Now, all the realists in the room are going, as if. You can't get everyone connected because next week someone new will come and they're not connected and uh-huh, your vision didn't happen. Um, okay, those skeptics, feel free to leave the building now. Everyone else who has faith, you can stay here in the spirit of how Jesus healed people sometimes. All right, so here's what we wanna do. We realize that one of the most important things that needs to happen for people is to feel like they have a place of connection. But sometimes the leap between coming along to a gathering or turning up to good life and then getting into a life group or finding a community of connection can sometimes feel like just a big leap. And sometimes it can take way too long. So we wanna encourage through a tool that I'm about to show you in a few moments, uh, for everyone to make a commitment, an intentional commitment in their hearts to say, if you're not currently connected in some kind of life group, to, to say, I'm gonna make a commitment that somehow I'm gonna end up in a connect group or I'm gonna just start one. And we're gonna lower the bar of commitment to as organic as, if you're not in one, you say, hey Luke, Greg, I met you guys last week at the uh, men's night. Are you guys in a life group? And you both go, no, yeah, okay. Listen, on Tuesday morning, I'm gonna be going down to Malula Bar for a walk. Would you guys be interested in coming down 6.30? And here's what we do. We, we go for a walk, we check in, hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can pray for you? So easy, Luke's in. Greg's a bit more skeptical, but that's all right, because after Luke's first experience, Greg will be there. Who's gonna text him and just go, mate, so much better than a surf. So um, you get to go surfing after. So we're gonna do that and we're gonna meet. And then what we're gonna do is, we're gonna register the group and, I'm gonna, we're gonna show you how you do this in a minute. 
And when you register the group, then you as a group leader, even at the most basic level, are gonna get support, some encouragement, access to some things that may help you. And if your group stays like that for forevermore, God bless, fantastic, wonderful. If your group grows and there's five or there's 10, and then at some point as you journey together, you say, you know what, I feel like we're ready to do a study or I feel like we're ready to you know, go that next little level, there'll be resource and opportunity for you to do that as you're ready. But that's gonna be one of our challenges, helping everyone at some point find a group where they feel like they've got a sense of community and they can go on that journey, okay? It's a big challenge. We will also be starting what we call Good Life Business this year, and that is gonna be a monthly gathering, more like a lounge environment, where people can be, that are you know, in business can be encouraged and equipped, and an opportunity to create new life groups off the back of that. You come along, you meet some people, you end up saying, hey, why don't we meet together for a coffee on a Wednesday morning and just chat about you know, um, God and faith and how we can pray for one another and encourage each other. And so we're going to be launching that. Now, hang with me for just a few moments. There is a few things, big picture, and this is provisional that it's important for us to understand. Two aspects, Good Life Center and beyond. At Good Life, we have a local mission and vision. But right from the beginning of the church, the vision was of the original group was to, how can we reach the nation for Christ? How can we make an impact in the nation? And here's what we know. We can focus on our local mission here and do wonderful things, but if we wanna reach a nation in the name of Jesus, you wanna serve the nation, you, you gotta come up with a way to be able to engage at a, at a whole nother level. So first of all, I wanna talk about our local environment here, Good Life Center. This is going to continue to be a hub of the community where we demonstrate and share the way, the way of Jesus locally, okay? That's really important. If you go to the next slide, you'll notice here, we want this center to serve and equip more people more effectively. So some of the things that we're moving towards at the moment is how we refresh and update the center, because very quickly when you have thousands of people using it, things can get old and ruined and all that. So we're on a process of doing that. So you may say, see some change happening over the coming months. Um, we have a vision and a plan to build a future children's playground. We did talk about this about a year or so ago, and then we looked at how expensive it was and some of the complexities of how things are currently set up here, and it became a little bit more complicated. So we're in the process of engaging uh, with um, architect and project management firms that could help us come up with a plan for that. I just wanna let you know, because lots of people said, what's happening with the playground? That's where it's up to right at the moment. But this was so important because the other day we had so many young families and mums that were here, cafe was like flat out. And we're like, man, we gotta get this playground happening because this would be an incredible opportunity to reach and to serve more families in the community and those that are already coming here. We wanna improve our creation, our kids' resources. We have a future plan to bring Lifehouse onto the property and actually create a space where there's a very clear interaction between what Lifehouse does and we also are looking at future possibilities for the rest of the development of the land of what that could look like and all kinds of ideas like emergency housing and arts and music theater, chapel, wedding facilities, etc., training facilities. Um, these are all just ideas that require discernment and seeking the Lord and there are no commitments at the moment to those other than to say, God, what is it you want us to do to be faithful stewards of what we have in our hands? At a more macro level, if you wanna reach the nation, you've gotta create a way to equip people for the mission. And so we're exploring this possibility at the moment of what it would look like if we were to create this center here as a place for uh, like an equipping center. And 
loosely using this phrase at the moment, the center for mission. What would it look like if we created a place where people everywhere could come and experience formation, mission training and leadership development, where we equip people for local, national and global mission? You wanna reach the nation? you've got to equip people to go and serve the nation. And so that's something that's stirring in our hearts that we're exploring at the moment. Now, I want to invite Greg Forrest to come up here because there's a lot of stuff here. And at the end of the day, you've got to go, how are we going to do this? Well, here's one tool that's going to help us to be able to do this, to stay connected, to equip people, and actually empower people to live out the mission. So Greg's going to introduce us to this tool, which is called our new church app, which is going to be in your hands. Thanks, Mike. It's good. Good stuff. Um, yes, the app is out. It's here. It's arrived. For some people, might have got a message already asking them or inviting them to download it. So thank you if, you're, if you've already done that and you're exploring it. Um, it is brand new, so it's kind of in the beta phase. So if you get any um, glitches or errors as you're using it, please let us know and do it in that heart of just, you know, thanks, Greg, for getting this better. Not like an angry. We've especially noticed some errors with um, our Androids. So if you're an Android user, I'm sorry, for one. And for two, if you have errors, I'm sorry again. Um, anyway, let's have a quick look at this. Before I start, this is not our um, whole center app. This is purely for church and faith-based. So if you wanna join the gym and things, it's not through this app. Secondly, this is not our volunteer Alvanto platform. It is the same parent company who own it. So they do work together, but it's not where you would respond to rosters and that sort of thing for any volunteers on teams here. It's not through this at the moment. All our groups that currently exist have been created. This is the one area of the app that does require a login. And assuming that you haven't done it before, you'll have to create a login for the first time. So when you get in, it will prompt you. It's pretty straightforward create a login for your very first time. A lot of us are in there already because I've imported us from our Alvanto database, but you still need to create an account to access that detail. So if you log in and it's already got information about you, don't freak out, okay? I put it in there, it's not looking you up secretly. Um, and then you can join a group um, and it's a great way of communicating with your group and keeping track um, in one, one location. If you do experience any glitches, please um, get in contact with myself would probably be the best option. Thanks, Mike. Thank you so much, Greg. Greg and Jeff Bentley and uh, Emma and just so many of our team members have worked really hard on um, making this resource available and it's gonna solve a lot of communication challenges that we have, so I'm super grateful for that. I, would, I wanna finish today basically by inviting you to ask the question, What's my next step? Do I need to get connected? Is it time for me to contribute in some way? What does it look like for me to play my role in celebrating what God's doing in my life and celebrating with others? I wanna finish today by reading you a couple of emails and messages I got on social media in the year 2024. Mike, you don't know me, but thanks so much for making good life safe for my kids. Having worked in community welfare, this was a big deal for me. What your kids and youth teams are proactively doing is so important. But the thing I wanna most say 
is thanks for making it safe for me. I don't even know if I can call myself a Christian. I've had some big hang-ups on church and God and had some pretty yuck experiences. I came to one of your night gatherings to see if it would be okay for my 18-year-old and I almost walked out. Not because it was bad, but because I felt overwhelmed because the person speaking started sharing about their struggles and their doubts and how they've discovered a rich faith in spite of them. The honesty and sensitivity along with the authenticity I found emotionally overwhelming because I felt like I've been looking for this for so long. I became tired of short, sharp, unthought through answers to complex life and faith questions. So this was so refreshing. And I feel like it's given me space to explore and wrestle in a safe community. I ended up going to one of those group course things that you talked about. Again, a little tentatively, and then I went on a spiritual retreat in which I felt safe enough just to be myself without judgment from anyone there. I formed some amazing connections from this experience, and surprisingly, with people who see God and faith quite differently to me, but then again, so loving that I wonder if our faith is all that different when you boil it all down. Anyway, I write this with tears of gratitude and hope as always, and hope as you always ask us to, that I can be someone at Good Life that makes sure nobody stands alone and is a safe person, knowing that people are at all different stages of the journey. Thank you, Wendy. Another message in 2024 was that lady that has the amazing voice that sings. She was speaking. And please don't be offended, but she's my favorite teacher. I know you shouldn't have favorites, but the way that she opens up the scripture, I walk away each time that she teaches saying, wow. As a dad, I'm so encouraged that my daughter has such amazing women role models of good life and that my boys can experience strong, gifted and anointed women leaders. Can you please pass on to her that I'm so blessed by the teaching and the worship and I feel like I'm getting a renewed passion again to read the Bible. Thank you, Adam. Dear pastor, just wanna let you know that Lifehouse saved my life. I know you say it's Jesus, but to me it feels like Lifehouse. I lost my job during COVID and ended up having to find a new rental. It's pretty embarrassing when you've been self-sufficient to go and look for furniture and clothes. My middle-class status identity felt a bit humiliated. But long story short, to my surprise, I found the people that work there so kind and helpful and understanding of my situation that I felt some hope. And through a bunch of conversations with the people there, I realized that we're all the same. I'm no better or lesser than anyone else based on my circumstances. My eight-year-old loves his new room set up and the toys that we found. He loves it so much that he calls Lifehouse the toy house. Things have picked up for me recently, so I'm just passing on my gratitude and also letting you know that I've decided to volunteer at Lifehouse because that's where the life is for me at the moment. P.S. I've watched a few of the YouTube speeches or whatever it is you call them, and one caught my eye. 
who's the one, thank God you're here. It made a lot of sense to me. I wanna be one of those, thank God you're here people now. I just want to say thank you, Pastor Mike. We rocked up to good life after moving here, following a tough season in our life. Someone we knew said, why don't you check out good life? So we jumped on the website and we had a sticky beak around and I was quite curious about how this whole thing works. As you can probably imagine, we were a little apprehensive on our first visit arrival, on our first arrival, but that friendly guy in the car park brought the first smile. The thing is, I was on the edge of giving up going to church. I wasn't sure if I had the emotional energy to start again or meet new people. You know, it's a bit like dating, working out. Is this church a church that I can get behind or be part of? It's taken a good six months, but I thought I'd let you know a few things that felt like, yep, this is where we need to be. My daughter went off to youth and came home and said, Dad, Mum, that was pretty cool. There's some people that I didn't expect I'd become friends with, but they're really cool and they made me feel so welcome. I know church isn't perfect, mainly because we rocked up, but it's worth the effort because the world needs communities of faith, hope and love just like this one. So thank you. I've been around church my whole life, but this is the first time in my life where I started to see what Jesus was doing and where I fit in this thing called the kingdom of God. My wife said to me the other day, which is what prompted me to write this email to you, you've changed. You're more present. You're a little bit more emotional these days, but in a good way. I'm so grateful for those guys that you hang out with because I feel like since you've been hanging out with them, that you're loving me even better. So there you go. That challenge that you gave to get connected was pretty important. My favorite day of the week is actually Thursday mornings when our guys group go for a walk at Bedina. And although it took a while for us to crack the surface, something has formed that I'm eternally grateful for. And now my 19 year old son keeps saying, I want a group like yours, dad. Thanks for all you do, Ben. Can we stand together? And I'm gonna say a short prayer and we're gonna sing and we're gonna close our service today. And thank you for your patience because it's a lot to talk about. And that your prayers weren't answered. I did go long. I'm sorry, God. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to say, God, here today, if you're comfortable to do so, let's surrender our hearts afresh and consecrate our hearts afresh before God and say, God, would you help me to play my part in the bigger story? I wanna get equipped and I wanna be part of this community that's gonna equip people to live the bigger story because this stuff matters today on the Sunshine Coast for the nation of Australia, for our global missions and for the glory of God. And we wanna play our part and be ambassadors of Jesus. Lord God, today we say, help us to be faithful to you and your mission and your vision. May you refresh us by the power of your Holy Spirit and empower us to live faithfully according to the Scriptures and your vision that you have for the Kingdom of God to be on earth as it is in heaven. Help us, guide us, lead us in Jesus' name to your glory forevermore. Amen.